Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to tonight's edition of Raising Expectations. We're so thankful that you're with us because uh, you make it what it is. And uh, thanks for the notes and the messages that come in. We appreciate it very much. Uh, We have a great program for you tonight. I know you're encouraged already as we'll begin to uh, let Laura share in just a few minutes of very exciting news and things. Uh, Again, I'm Pastor Joe Schofield, and I'm blessed by this wonderful group of people that Every week, I get the the privilege and honor of of teaming up with to bring you this program. And of course, you know most of them, but every week there are people that that don't. So I want you to know that, first of all, we have here in California on the West Coast, or uh, Dr. Paul Hall from Lompoc, California, Lompoc, California. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Well, I don't know why I get that one wrong. But anyway, he is here. I guarantee if you go there, you'll find him. And Paul is a retired pastor, but not a retired theologian, because every week he does what, guys? Theologues. Theologues. Theologues all week. And that's simply giving you information that really is pertinent, powerful, and plentiful for whatever your need might be, as he shares with you from life experiences of God's Word. He's he's loved by thousands of people as a pastor, been my friend since Moses found the Ten Commandments from God around Mount Sinai. So he goes way back. Love you, Paul. All right, brother. And also then, let's go all the way to the East Coast, our favorite people on the East Coast, uh, Stephanie and Dr. Craig Thayer from Dalton, Georgia. And Stephanie is a health and wellness coach, and she helps you to not only stay healthy physically by what you eat and what you do, except for Christmas, we get some fudge, but she also (laughs) teaches you about who you are because she walks with the Lord Jesus Christ. And her husband, Tank, is a great surgeon, also works with her in helping people to understand who they are. They're really a dynamic duo in understanding all the things that make us click because they too walk with the Lord. As a trauma surgeon, we always say, if we ever have a question, we know who to ask. Tank, we love and appreciate you guys. So glad that you're a part of this team. We just Amen. thank God for you. And also back to Central America now. And I even got a text this week, Ron, you'll love it, that said, is Ron living in Panama? I said, no, just Texas, Central America, Texas. That's where he is. So Ron's there. We have with us Pastor Ron Greer from McKinney, Texas. 
And uh, Ron is uh, one of our favorite guys in the whole world. Love this guy. He's been a pastor, United States Marine, and all kinds of things that he has done. He, at this point, works with Man in the Mirror and helps build discipleship in the lives of men, that they may understand more what it means to be a godly man and what God does to give them the strength to carry on and follow that through. So we love you, Ron. You made it. It's good to see you. All right. Our favorite guy in Central America. So as we move from there. Hola, senor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We are. We have been working very much, folks. We want you to know on getting over our shyness because yes. uh, we, we found that being shy on this program is not a very good thing. So we're working on that, all of us. Uh, tonight we have actually returned guests again because you've asked for them and we said we'd bring them back. Uh, Laura and David, uh, Laura runs this, this part of their ministry. Uh, she and David began Encore, a very special, uh, daycare for people who struggle with dementia or with Alzheimer's or with memory loss. Or, and she gave families an opportunity to give them a place to be loved and, and to be taken care of. I love the slogan they use. If you look them up, Encore, Daycare Center, uh, she said, we can make a loving difference in lives during the special Christmas season. But she went on to say that uh, we want to share, as we do, in the love, the love of Christ and the lives of families. I'm going to let her use the slogan because I sent out three different uh, follow-ups for her on this program. So, I'm going to let her explain a little bit about that. And Laura, what might really be great is if you could share a little bit about what you've done. First time I met uh, you and David, I spilled spaghetti sauce all over my tie, and I knew you had married a neat guy when he helped me clean my tie right there in the restaurant. You know, uh, I was very, very not embarrassing after that. So <laughs> maybe you can share a little bit about how you begin Encore, and then maybe talk about how we can share the love of Christ with people uh, that, that like you work with, people that we're going to meet, and basically, just the way you and David share it. God always shines through both of you. Every time I have been around you guys, I have felt the presence of the Lord. And more than that, the joy and the peace that comes with that. So would you all welcome with me tonight, all of us, as we welcome to Raise an Expectation, Laura Lester. Laura, good to have you with us. Tell us a Thank little you. bit about it. Thank you, Pastor Joe. Really appreciate it. Now, we uh, we started Encore 11 years ago. So we're in Plano, and we've been in business now for 11 years. And it was, I think, I don't know if I shared this before, but I'm. Uh, we really started it almost accidentally. It, it wasn't something that we ever planned to do, but uh, it, it is one of those God things, you know. Um, it's the most fulfilling job that I've ever done. David and I started originally as investors in someone else's business. And um, just one thing led to another, and we ended up buying him out and taking over um, Encore. And I've been running it 10 of the 11 years that we've been in business. And uh, we do I have dementia in my family. And so it was something that was really personal to me. And so we've certainly created a place that we would have been comfortable bringing our loved ones if it had been available when we needed it. So that's what we do every day. And uh, it's really, uh, it's very fulfilling, I have to say. 
Amen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's somebody in Hawaii for you. <laughs> <laughs> My phone's yeah. ringing on the beach. That's it, right on the beach, yeah. Uh, the thing I thought that was so exciting about it, and I'm going to throw this out to everybody, was uh, there were a lot of places where people could go to be placed in a a home, a place of security where they could be watched over and taken care of. But you and David gave them an opportunity to have a place to go each day where they would have a library, a hairdresser, a John Wayne theater, uh, people coming in, Bible studies, activities, and they could come in the morning and then they could go back home with their loved ones and have had a great communication day and interaction with other people. And what a great concept that you gave. And I know it's blessed a lot of people. So maybe you could address that and, and folks just share a little bit with her. Just just jump right in there with her. She's uh, she's not as shy as we are. So you can go right ahead and have a good time. Yeah. Well, Laura, I, I have a, I'll jump in. That's, I'm the shy one. I figure I better take the initiative, you know, <laughs> make out of my shyness. There you go. <laughs> Uh, and, and thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. And praise God for the work you do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our family is one of those families that has a uh, sort of a lot of uh, uh, contact and relationship experience with Alzheimer's. My my uh, dear mother, for, uh, led by the Lord for some reason, at 68, started a residential care facility for Alzheimer's. She had four patients. She eventually had four patients, but uh, they all lived there in the house with them. And eventually all passed. So we watched that entire process. Uh, two were, were, were cousins and, and one was, a, was an uncle. And just recently, uh, we moved my mother-in-law in with us from Wisconsin for the last two years. She passed away in, in July, uh, but also suffered from dementia. Uh, they, they said it was dementia. We thought it was Alzheimer's beginning stages. So something that uh, we've, we've had a, quite a bit of, of experience with. And, the, and my former pastor and one of our uh, uh, close friends in Wisconsin, all same same experience that we lived through with them with them as well. So it's an extremely difficult illness, and I think horrific one. Uh, so anybody involved in caring for them, I praise God for you. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, my question is: I think most people don't understand why it's so essential and important, and so so uh, beneficial for them spending time in a place like that on a daily basis, having that kind of interaction. Uh, can, can you kind of give us an idea why that's important? There, there are lots of things that are important for people with dementia. One of the main things is routine. Um, it's very important that they develop a routine. My, my guests can no longer develop, um, learn their, um, their brain is damaged. So they're not able, the part of their brain that, where you learn new things is mostly for most of my guests is damaged and they are unable to learn, but they can still develop habits because a different part of the brain controls habits. So we put them in um, a routine situation and we give them that routine. Like for instance, they come in the morning, we have coffee chat and we talk about we, everything that we do is designed uh, with memory care in mind. So my guests are not making new memories, but the memories that they made prior to the, the damage to their brain are still in there. Yeah. So what we do is 
I, I guess for lack of a better word, is massage those memories that are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, we, our hope is that if we use our memories that are still there every day, they're going to be less likely to progress as quickly as they would if they just sat home and watched TV or something. So all of our activities are geared toward things that have happened in their lifetime um, that they can tell us about or that they'll, they'll remember. For instance, in the morning we have coffee chat. And so we ask them um, who grew up on a farm, you know, and so they can tell their stories about their life on a farm who grew up in the city. Tell us about that. And we just basically tell stories in the morning and drink coffee. And then we do have a devotion every morning because people are very comforted by that. So we'll do a a little devotion and then we will, um, we'll pray for each other. So we ask for prayer requests and we pray and then we sing old hymns for about half an hour. And Mm -hmm. my guests love doing that. So it's a, uh, it starts the day off right. They, they, they love doing it. And it's something that is in their long-term memory. They know the words of those songs and they sing. And Mm -hmm. so then we'll do things like trivia where, um, and we always pick things that happen in their lifetime. Like, Mm -hmm. Um, what president was assassinated in 1963 or what president resigned from office in the seventies, that kind of thing. And they'll have to think, Oh yeah, I was alive then. What happened? Who was it? And so it brings those memories out. And uh, so it's just our, our um, we can't promise that it keeps them from progressing as quickly, but we think we, we just have kind of a use it or lose it type um philosophy and we use it a lot and we do a lot of um activity also a lot of physical activity because the latest research says i'm nervous i can't even think (laughs) but uh the latest research says that uh exercise is really good for this so we exercise a lot as well so it's uh pretty much we party all day it's fun (laughs) so so um the uh, not getting that activity uh, does does what? Yeah, you, know, you mentioned them being at home, isolated, uh, yeah. in one place. Uh, social, so, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, so you tell, you but, tell us a little bit about that and why that's yeah, socialization is super important as well. A lot of times with this disease, people will not only will they isolate, they'll self isolate because they're fearful that if they say something and they most of them in the beginning stages are aware of their deficit so if they say something and they make a mistake and they're out in the real world people are not kind so Mm -hmm. they're fearful to say anything so if they may have been gregarious in their past life prior to the disease and all of a sudden they become quiet Mm -hmm. and what we find at our center is once they sit, look around and they see that everybody makes, makes mistakes and nobody cares, we're all very social, they tell the same stories over and over again. The person that's listening has forgotten they've heard it, so they react the same <laughs> way they did the time before. It's Their old personality tends to reemerge, and so it's really a beautiful thing. I've, I can just tell you lots of stories. I, like I said, I've been doing this for 11 years of, of how we've seen people just become themselves again and the families love it. 
And also we wear them out. I mean, we do a lot of physical activity. So when they go home, they're tired. So they sleep better, hopefully. <laughs> kind of like what you do with toddlers. You just wear them out. Yeah. It, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of a lot of the things that we do and a lot of the techniques that we have, you can actually use successfully with toddlers as long mm-hmm. as you treat your dementia patients as adults yeah. and you're respectful because mm-hmm. they know they're adults. They know they're not children and they know that they deserve respect because mm-hmm. most of the people that I have in my centers are brilliant, accomplished people. Unfortunately, this disease hits very intelligent people. And so mm-hmm. anyway, we treat them with the respect that they deserve and Very they true. like it. I have a question about that because Craig and I, we were talking yesterday because we knew you were coming back on the show and we were chatting and I don't have a good understanding of th- that Alzheimer's or dementia patient. How long or at what point do they recognize something's off? Because you said there's some awareness. And then and then at what point do they transition to almost childlike? And maybe do they not have an awareness that they have this deficit or or is there always an awareness? And and how's that translate to frustration? Because I know when you've been on in the past, you talk about how some patients get very angry and combative. Um, So I'm just curious what that looks like. Well, usually the combative ones are in the beginning stages because they're, and usually there's a trigger for that. Um, And usually it's because they haven't been handled correctly, you know, unfortunately. We, we who have dementia in our family, it just gets thrust upon us and we have no training. So we don't know if we try to, be a uh, reason with our loved one, or we try to um, deal with them in the way that we've dealt with them in the past prior to the disease, it is, it doesn't work. And so they become angry a lot of times. And um, so it really takes a certain degree of dementia training in order to deal successfully with a dementia patient and most people just are not equipped when it first happens and when it first happens they're in the beginning stages and so you can really it can go south really fast and Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that we do at our daycare is once I mean we know all the techniques once we find what works with that individual person, then uh, we've trained their, home, their family members at home. Amen. And the, the beauty of that is if you find a technique that works or a couple of techniques that work with this person, you can use it over and over again because they forget. So you can actually use the same words every time and calm that person down because they won't remember you've done it before. So That's good. Yeah. Dinner Christmas, and now I have an Alzheimer's mom. What books would you recommend for me to buy to read, and how to how to how to treat my mom? My mom's deceased, but he's making that example. scenario yeah. up. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I, I would there. There's some really good books out there. I would read um, "Creating Moments of Joy." Have you heard of that? I don't mm-hmm. remember who made who wrote it, but I'll, I can look it up. But uh, that's a good book. Anything now? Tifa Snow has just written a book. I may have it here. Let me see. Here on the beach with me. Yes, <laughs> reading. Uh, do, are y'all familiar with uh, with T. 
keep us know? No. Okay. She is wonderful. And she's just written a book. And I I haven't read it yet, but I have it. And I'm about to read it. But I know she has been very successful in teaching. um, And really, that's where we got our training. Mm. um, The positive approach to to dementia care. Mm. So she can really clearly demonstrate and explain to you what is going on inside their brains and then help you to be able to deal with it better. And so I would really encourage everybody to look on YouTube and see some of her um, videos. Now she does use bad words. So, but the the training's good. If you can overlook some of the, some of the, Colorful language that she may use. What's her first name, Laura? Again. It's spelled T E E P A. Tipa. Thank you. Tipa Snow, S N O W. And uh, she's really brilliant. And we, we have, uh, we've taken 11 years ago, her trainings were extremely expensive. Now you can get them free on YouTube. So it's like, Go to YouTube, look her up because she'll address anything that that you may be dealing with. She'll address what's going on, why that's happening, and how you can best um, relate to the person and and be successful with uh, with dementia. So, wow. uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Marianne Centron is is on our program. One of Stephanie's wonderful friends that uh, works with. Uh, dyslexic students and she's done some wonderful things she was wondering uh stephanie's question really she just texted uh, stephanie had a question about the stages which you just answered some on there and maybe from a personal viewpoint she remembers ronald reagan and her her point was she just felt like ronald reagan was so open and so uh let everybody know exactly where he was. I think I remember some of that. Maybe you you do, Laura. But I do. Would yeah. you have a thought on that? Possibly how? Any thought on that? How we might uh, understand that better? Well, you know, some people are very open about it. Not very many. Mm-hmm. Most people um, really want to fake it. They don't want you to know. Like they know in the beginning stages, but they don't want you to know because they're th- they're fearful. They're thinking, "Wow, if." My family knew how bad this was. They put me in a home and I don't want to live in a home. So they try to fake it and they try to act like there's nothing going on. And really your best, your best strategy is pretend you don't notice, you know, and agree with them because otherwise they're very, they're very fearful. So, um, Whenever they see my center, a lot of times they're very fearful because they think, oh, boy, this is the home I'm going to have to live in. If I say I like this, I'm not going to see my family again. So they're very um, anxious. Sometimes it takes 10 visits, sometimes 14 before they calm down and they start really enjoying being there. Um, Some people take two or three visits, but I'd say on average, it's about 10 visits before they really calm down. So. Um, they they're aware of it as they progress through the disease i don't know i mean they're childlike really in the beginning stages i i can see 
but you just don't treat them like a child. They may stick their tongue at you, but you just act like that's the most dignified thing you've ever seen, you know? So, I mean, they'll do childlike things. You just don't treat them child like children. Amen. <laughs> well, well, my experience with my, uh, my uh, mom and, and even with one of our, my, our cousins uh, in the beginning, uh, it's like they, they took to me because I laughed at everything. I mean, it, it was a lot of things were just so funny to me. And uh, it would frustrate my mother or, and same way here. I, my mom here, if you, if you try to, you know, kind of demand things, you already know that what she's doing is wrong. You know, she doesn't know what she's doing and she'll, and she would say anything as if it was perfectly normal. Right. And and if you try to, as you said, if you try to dispute with her and try to correct her in her mind, I'm the mother. That's right. She knows. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's one of those things where I, I, my constant uh, sort of annoyance with her was I was always joking and always laughing and, and everything became something to laugh about. And then she just said, Oh, just go and do it. Go and do it. Yeah. So you're right. It it, it was, it was in the beginning, it it was, it really caught us by surprise. It's, it's um, because there were things that you knew were a little off, but you couldn't quite put your finger on it. And then she would give, and so in the beginning stages, it was always something she would, she would figure out a way to explain it. And you go, oh, okay. Right. Because then, you're in then, denial, too. Right. You don't exactly. want it to be dimensioned. No, because this, this is the same yeah. intelligent, you know, uh, right. accomplished woman. Right. Okay. Uh, right. But uh, the, the, uh, the other thing that, that, that we learned and shocked us was that and I'd read a little bit about it before. And I was an EMT back in the day. And I, so I know there's a... Uh, Dement, sort of a dementia onset with traumatic injury uh, with people of certain age, older uh, adults. Uh, what I did wasn't prepared for was uh, she went into the hospital for a procedure uh, during COVID. We weren't allowed to come in, go past the emergency room. And she was only there for uh, two days, two and a half days. And I, I could not believe how she deteriorated in just those few days. Uh, there was no heart attack. There was no car accident. It was just a, an infection, and for some reason, taking her out of the hot house, isolating her in the hospital around people she didn't know, it just really, really, uh, completely uh, uh, rocked her. And I, I could not believe the uh, how 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 deteriorated. And unfortunately, unbeknownst to us, after even talking with some specialists, uh, everybody thought that well, give her a few days and she'll she'll kind of come back. And it's back to what you said. We find we discovered. But no, they, she's not learning new things. She's not yeah. regaining. Um, so I think that that was one of one of the shock surprises. A lot of the people we've, we've talked with since then. Um, so I, that that's something that I thought was amazing that you guys recognize that. Sorry, there was a question, but then it got into a statement. Sorry. <laughs> so unlike you. So unlike so, so- <laughs> I love your spirit, man. I do. Uh, this, this, uh, this, this is particularly uh, timely for me. My mom is 90 years old. She'll be 91 in January. Um, she fell about six or seven weeks ago, broke her arm. Uh, we had noticed that she was having some memory issues kind of thing. Ron, what you just said about your mom um because of this trauma of her 
broken arm. She's in a place she don't she doesn't want to be in. Uh, she's very combative. Um, she has been highly medicated um, for quite a while just to calm her down, and they've been you know trying different meds. Uh, one of the things that they want to talk about now is sending her to St. Louis. She lives in a little village in Illinois. They want to send her to St. Louis and uh, perhaps do surgery on her arm, hmm. which will involve very uh, extended physical therapy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and uh, I am, I am uh, caught a little bit, you know, in my own heart of balancing taking care of physical needs and tank, you know, and Steph, you can jump in here too. You take care of the physical needs. And at the same time, you don't want to, uh, you, you have to pull into question the quality of life and, and what that, that looks like. And uh, so making those kinds of decisions, you know, and my dad's 93 and uh, lives by himself and that, you know, they, they just had each other um, for so long. And now, he's trying to make this transition uh in his own mind as well because he's been told that it's just not possible that she's going to be able to come home so um having said all of that okay what how how do you how do you encourage um maybe the caregivers or the loved ones you know uh, what what kind of things can i uh, give assurance to my dad uh, as an example, uh, as mom is making this transition and, and it is getting, uh, as Ron mentioned, it, it's accelerating. Um, what, what kind of things can you, can you say, you know, to give encouragement to people like my dad? Can you give us some insight on that? Yeah, wow. I don't know. Okay. Um, is there where she lives? It, it sounds like okay. A lot of times, when someone goes into like they have some a medical issue, mm -hmm. the, your doctors or your nurses aren't trained in dementia. Right, they're, they're right. only trained in the you know how to take care of what's wrong. Yeah, yeah, right. So with dementia, you have to really be able to finesse yeah. and. Um, Okay, I'll just give you an example. My brother, every time he went into the hospital, I had to be there because when I was there, he wasn't combative. He was fine because I knew how to talk to him in a way to get him to, to success, uh, successfully do what the doctors wanted him to do. And I, I would go in and I would train the nurse the nurses that were on staff at the time, this is, this is what you say. This is how you say it. Mm -hmm. And he'll be fine. He'll be compliant. And they would try it and it would work. And then they would leave and so another <laughs> nurse would take over. And that person would not know how to deal with my brother and would have to end up tying him to the bed. Literally, mm -hmm. he would sleep all night strapped to the bed unnecessarily I mean, it was necessary because I wouldn't there and because nobody knew how to say what they needed to say to him. Mm -hmm. So um, I see this a lot. It's, it's heartbreaking. But I'm just wondering if there's anybody in 
that town where she lives that maybe you could contact that understands dementia that mm-hmm. could go in with her to help with the the physical you know to just speak with her hey the, this you know because you can't reason you just have to say this this is in a very nice way hey it would be nice if you could do this because mm-hmm. i know it hurts but blah, 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 you know, or whatever. When you were with us last February, you made a, a statement. I, I'm a note taker, so I went, went back and read your notes. Uh-huh. Uh, but you said loneliness is one of the, really, the big issues. One, yeah. of the, one, of the, one of the big painful parts is the loneliness. Yeah. Now, when I've spoken to her, and um, I'm 2,000 miles away, yeah. uh, but when I've spoken to her, uh, uh, that's what she mentioned. Interestingly enough, she said it is so lonely here. There, there is no one, you know, to talk to, and uh, and and so I just want to reiterate, you know, those those of us who have loved ones or friends who go through such a terrible experience like that, to recognize that loneliness really is a huge issue. You know, yeah. they they recognize really that and they feel that. You know, so to be compassionate. Uh, and caring and understanding, um, that, that goes a long way. You know, so. They say also that social socialization for a dementia patient is better than any medicine that they can have. They, mm-hmm. they need people, need people, yeah. you know, they really do. They need to be around people that aren't talking to them like their children or aren't, mm-hmm. um being just how they would be being disrespectful to them they need people to love them you know and they need human touch and this COVID has been really horrible for that too because we have to stay six feet away you know but i tell you what at my centers i'll come up behind them and rub their arms you know (laughs) because they need it they need human touch you know Uh, that was that was going to be one of my questions though I mean, I'm sure being there in person is by far more impactful and you're being there for your brother. There's an app called Marco Polo. So you send as long a video as you want to. And then that goes to a person or a group of people that you put into it. And then it allows me to talk to my sister in Hawaii all the time. So usually she's out here for Christmas, but because we're coming back to California for Christmas, she came for Thanksgiving. So but it, 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 it's somewhat of it. I mean, like if your brother were having an issue in the middle of the night, if they could have gotten you on Marco Polo, I wonder if that would have worked. So where FaceTime is live, Marco Polo is like video text messages almost. And I'm right. not sure if your mom could know that technology, but as you were sharing your situation, it just pulled at my heart. And I mean, I, I am not a doctor. I'm just a girl on a radio show, but my thought is, you know, her, her mental, you know, this is a heart issue way more than it's an arm issue in my mind. Like how much does she need her arm? I mean, she's 91. What, how much longer is she going to live? Let's let those times be really good. And I don't know what that looks like with dad, but I mean, that's, as you were talking, I just thought, Oh, you know, how can we try to make them whole given the situation? Right. You know, that's the that's the thing with COVID, right? I mean, what was the the suicide rate went skyrocketing? Yes. So 
you know, we can't, we need, we're both together. So what do we do? You know, the kids, the kids affected the kids, the ninth grade kids are seventh grade. So mm -hmm. they have been affected. So what I, I know with my, my, uh, my mom and also the cousin, um, especially my mom, I, I'll admit <laughs> I nearly went to jail one night at the, at the hospital because I, I'm, I just told no, I'm not leaving. And, and she's coming with me. And I told the two security guards that it's going to be you, you two or me. So either way, this is going to happen uh, because, and again, what they couldn't accept was this is not good for her. Right. The infection in my mind, she's congestive heart failure. She's got everything else. She's not going to live much longer. So but it's, and right now she's scared to death. And again, she's combative, was non-cooperative. And they, again, want to uh, give her a sedative, which is, affects her heart and her liver because of the liver failure. And I'm going, guys, listen, no. So we, uh, after the last procedure, I brought her back home and I told all three doctors, from now on, you'll be teledoc or do it by video and I'll sit with her because I'm not bringing her back to leave her uh -huh. anymore. Uh, it and then there was a, it was a hard decision there, but I think back to your point, it's that there you had the you, I, somehow in my mind, I, I I had the impression that people who are who have geriatric patients would at least those people at least understand yeah. uh, this issue is dementia and and Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. but it, but we learned quickly that even doctors who were geriatric medicine for some reason, either didn't understand it or just something they didn't want to deal with at the, uh, deal with at all. Uh, because everyone wanted to go through their process and their area of specialty, uh -huh. void of everything else, and going, no, you can't. Uh -huh. um, right. so, yeah, so my other question is, um, so uh, uh, Tank mentioned uh, uh, this uh, video do uh, deal, right? So what would be what what would be an advantage or would there be an advantage to have, say, a, an iPad that I send them that I can FaceTime them on? Uh, you know, what, what's your opinion there? Would that be a, a great benefit to them if you can't be there with them? I'm, I'm sure it would be better than, you know, nothing. Absolutely. Um, most of most of my dementia patients would not be able to you know, figure it out. You'd have to have someone there yeah. that yeah. could help them with it. Yeah. That person. yeah. I, I do have a VA contract at my center and with COVID, the VA hasn't been coming out making personal visits. So we FaceTime with the VA okay. and they, they talk to my, um, they talk to my guests and yeah. works pretty well. There you go. Thanks. But we have, we have to hold the phone you know, and, yeah. and do yeah. it for yeah. them. But we'll hold it up and say, he wants to talk to you. And sometimes they'll ask questions. That's like, do they realize they're talking to a dementia patient? But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that, that, that was another, another uh, again, another uh, revelation. We bought mom, got rid of her smartphone and bought her a flip phone to, for yeah. a few years and quickly realized that she couldn't function with that, couldn't operate the phone. So in the hospital, she's got a phone, but she can't use it. Couldn't yeah. call out and couldn't call her. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, I, I wondered, Paul, if that having an iPad and someone agreeing to at least uh, log on, or click the button when you call. 
mm-hmm. uh, would not would not help. It, it's a good idea, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I got to say again, Laura, I, I'm telling you, I, it's, it's having a, a center for someone caring for them, providing that for families is I, I just I just think this absolute goal. Praise God for it. And just and even just the stress the families deal with. Yeah, uh, it's I we were f- sort of fortunate, uh, given my schedule to, to stay at home and caretaker all day uh, and my sort of uh, um, my disposition. <laughs> I, I it, it it didn't wear on me where it did my wife. I would have done my wife because uh, it's her mother. It's just my mother in law of 40 something years. But and actually being a being a, an EMT and firefighter, you learn to disconnect disconnect uh from patients you have to and so i was able i'm able to do that but i i i think about uh people who are with those family members 24 7 with no relief at all yeah and i i see them and it's frazzle stories marriages i've seen relationships just sort of disintegrate so um so uh so yeah so Praise God for you guys are providing that service. <laughs> it's it's a it, we love it. It's our passion, and and the our goal at my center is for the for the family member is that they can drop their loved one off at my center and then completely relax. <laughs> you know, because that's really the only time that they can completely relax <clears throat> is when their loved ones with us. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you, Laura. I was doing a quick search for the area that we live in to see what they have for Alzheimer's and dementia. And there's some well-known and respected, uh, but they're, they're full-time living. And then they have different variants of it. How common or non-common is your sort of daycare? I don't know what you'd call it, right? Like it's a day service and you still yeah. go home. How many of you types are there? <laughs> Not very many. That's there's what not, I was afraid of. Th- there's not a lot. Th- this business is more of a heart business than a business business because mm-hmm. right. if somebody, most people go into business to make money and this isn't that kind of business. <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive to run and you don't make a lot of money, mm. but uh, it's, it, it, it's probably the least amount of money you've ever made, but it is the most fulfilling thing I've ever mm-hmm. done. So I, I, I really, I really look forward to going to work every day, you know? So, so do you know, know of, uh, uh, other services, uh, say for instance, like in Paul's uh, case, um, I know there was one that one of our neighbors used called, um, um, a helper for mom or care for mom, a person that would come in to the home. Uh, is there something that would, to visit his mom in a facility like something like that, if you know of? You know, there may, there may be, uh, I, I know some places I, I, my centers in, I have one in Plano, Texas and I have one in Bedford okay. and I run the one in Plano and, uh, I know some, um, in home care people that I refer it locally okay. because I only refer, I don't refer everybody. I only refer people that I feel like have a good understanding of dementia. And a lot of times people will say that they do when they really don't. And so once I get, you know, I hear people talk to me. And once I hear this person was handled this way, I don't refer to them anymore. You know, Ron, you could check with Laura because you're right there in McKinney. 
Yeah, that's I was going to say. Right. Come see us. Oh, Lord, there you go. Yeah. Come see you. All right. Now, my, uh, my business manager used to own an adult daycare in McKinney, oh, but he oh. sold it. Yeah. And oh. he ran a really good one, but he sold it. And then he couldn't stay. It, 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 this is the kind of business that just gets in your blood. Mm. He, he was freewheeling it for retired for a couple of years and he couldn't stand it anymore. So I benefited from that. Well, folks, I got one question to say real quick. Um, And, you know, it's my time. I'd like to pitch it off. But when I say this, everybody looks down, but anyway, you know, we appreciate the donations. I want to say thank you to those that have given gifts uh, to the program and we continue to grow. We're planning on looking into going into a two hour program. Hopefully we'll be able to do something like that uh, pretty soon. And um, so thank you very much to those who are donating so that we can bring racing expectations to you. And again, it's very easy to do. It's just bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations, capital R, capital E, bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. If you go there, there's a little tab and it simply says donate and you go on there. It's PayPal. It's uh, safe as everything. It's you're in good shape there. And, uh, we really would appreciate anything that you can do that way. And uh, that's enough. That's it. I'm a pastor. I've never been good at this. And it's, the rest of these guys are too. And the doctor, he's busy saving lives. So he's no good at it either. So anyway, we want to just say thanks to all of you, because some of you have just been so wonderful in doing this. So moving right along now, now that I made that commercial, um, we, uh, we'd we like you to know that uh, we have about, uh, we got about nine minutes so, uh, guys and Stephanie, we call this the Rose Among the Thorns now, Laura, with Stephanie. That's our lady there, Mrs. Thayer. So, anyway, uh, let, why don't you round up any thought or main question you want to ask Laura? Because uh, she's just the best. And I don't just say that. Laura, you just are the best. It's about your heart for people. And your husband, David, the same way. You guys are real special people. All right, guys. you got. We got about... Uh, we got about eight and a half minutes. Go ahead. Thank you. I'll go. So, um, you know, we're nearing Christmas. And so do you have any fun, funny stories, uh, range of emotions, actions people have had coming up on Christmas, their memories, how good they are, uh, how bad they are? Um, how's that been? We we are, uh, we feel like laughter is the best medicine. So we laugh a lot. And we do. We do ask, you know, questions. I don't know if I, I don't know if I can share any of these stories. Uh, <laughs> Change the names like Dragnet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, just right now, I don't know. I, I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of anything. But there's a, there's a lot of laughter through the day. So, um, but. I'm at a loss. I guess I'm nervous. At least I didn't make you cry. No, that's good. (laughs) On a side note, you shouldn't be nervous. And I see you have a Nomi sweater on. And I just have to tell you, I love that. (laughs) It's a girl thing. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Oh, Paul, look. Oh, Paul got a gnome. Look at that. Oh, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
it's a girl. It's a girl thing. Of the guy here went what? Girl <laughs> thing. <laughs> She's got a sweater on. <laughs> I've got. I've made a couple of things. Uh, I don't. Years ago, Tom Selleck made a movie called Folks. F O L K S. And uh, it was a, a, a it was made to be a comedy, but it had some real serious moments in it. His his dad, Don Amici, uh, had uh, Alzheimer's and um, and it, it's just uh, so many things happened to him when he finally got down to Florida to, to take care of them. Uh, but that that gives some a little relief, you know, when you see it. And and uh, so that it's an older movie, obviously. The second thing is I've been theologuing on this a little bit. And this this is what this is what comes to my mind. And we hear it so often, but we practice it perhaps so seldom. And it's capturing the moments that we have to love the people who are standing in front of us Amen. and uh, to not let those moments go by. You know, it's uh Christmas and that in that regard should be an everyday kind of thing. And I think we can all acknowledge that. But, um, you know, as I've been processing through um, the things going on with, with both my parents, um, um, we can I can look back and, and celebrate those wonderful times. And um, and we talk about that and we laugh because there were some just ridiculously hilarious moments you know that we had and uh but just just encouragement and let y'all know that i love you i wish you this just the merriest of christmases and uh, love your love your families and your friends tank and step as you travel back to the lost continent on the west coast <laughs> i trust that you have a safe trip but but grab the moments that you have and and say what's on your heart you know and and uh and just take delight in that. So that's just what I wanted to share. Amen. Amen, brother. Man, appreciate right. you, man. Appreciate you. Because I, I can tell you again, it's a whole lot easier to share those moments when they're there in front of you rather than, rather than after they're gone. Because mm -hmm. the memories don't go away and that desire to have the conversation and regret to go along with it doesn't disappear. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so, Laura, uh, one of the questions. So around the uh, this, again, Christmas holiday, uh, are you guys still doing it all through the holiday season as well, or are you closed down certain days? We how, we're closed this year. We're only closed on Christmas Eve because we're not open on the weekends. So okay. usually we we close Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, okay. and we close New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. But this year we're only closed one day because Christmas and New Year's fall on a Saturday. Okay. So we'll be closed this coming Friday and then the following Friday. Okay. So, right. so other, other than that, we feel like the families need us, especially during the holidays and the, the guests need their routine. Yeah. They, they need like a lot of times the family will think, Oh, I've got family coming in and uh, they haven't seen them in a while, so I need to keep them with us so that they can enjoy their family. Yeah. It, that is a good thought, and I, I would say yes, but try not to break the routine. Okay. Still let them see their family, but let them have some part of their routine. And they they really need to let their family that's coming in from out of town know that things have changed and how they've changed. And they might want to try to do things earlier in the day rather than late in the afternoon where people may be sundowning or something like that. So we made that mistake too. 
So yeah. learn for the first time. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, we, just we, you just change your routines a little bit and uh, and try to try to make the most of it. Yeah, we we thought it was a great idea to have the kids our kids in Wisconsin come and visit. They all come together and and work out well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, because we didn't we didn't know those things. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, thank so. you for that. Yeah. Well, folks, we've got just a couple of minutes here. I, uh, Laura, you remember my brother-in-law, Steve, not going to go into it, but he's in the final stages of Alzheimer's and dementia and uh, going through and very, very, very difficult, my sister, Evelyn. Um, and it's it's been a really tough time. But uh, we know that God's working in all this. So I guess the thing I want to say, along with these people who are so precious that I love and thank God for in my life, Um Christmas is the greatest season because he gave the greatest gift of love the world's ever known. And that love is shown through all of us like Paul opened up and we've all said here. And Lori, you continue to show to all those people. They look to you. And uh, the two t- the, the few times I was blessed to be there in the facility with those precious lives, um, their lives are changed in touch. You become the visible proof of an invisible Jesus to them. And that makes a huge difference. So I want to team up with what Ron said also, and and Tank and Stephanie. Uh, My prayer is that throughout this season, I'll always be able to share the love of Christ with everybody that I meet. Unashamedly that uh, God loves you, whatever you're facing, right, guys? Whatever you're facing, he's there with you. You're never alone. He will be with you. So let him speak through you. Don't think of the words. Just let it flow in love. Everybody make a difference, make a big difference. All right, I think we have just about run out of time. So uh, we only got one minute. Whoa, keeps popping up here, Lord. Said one minute, two minutes, really cool the way it works. But uh, in any event, uh, Laura, we wish you and David and all your family a blessed and a merry and a wonderful Christmas. And uh, I, I don't know if you noticed that, but you're a regular. I'm what? A regular on this program. <laughs> I guess what, since it's the second time, I must be. That's it. Right, guys and gals? Thank you. We're, we're all set. Thank you for inviting me. I really think you guys are lovely people. I really enjoy speaking with you. I miss, I'm I'm. I'm not good at this kind of stuff. I'm. I get too nervous. Oh, you know, sitting, sitting, on the, sitting on the beach makes it difficult to concentrate. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This group is very stiff, anyway. I mean, look at us. Though. You know, you don't have to worry about us being nervous. Thank goodness, family gathering. Uh, All right, guys. Well, Merry Christmas to the to Georgia, especially when you get out here in California. And Paul, you're praying with you, brother. Uh, for your mom and dad and everything lifting you up as we do each day and ron for your family mom and ministry too and uh god is good he's on the throne it's going to be a great christmas and through it all through it all we've learned to trust in jesus we've learned to trust in god all right on behalf of everybody here uh merry christmas everybody who's listening in tonight we love and appreciate you and we wish you a merry christmas write that down that'll sell us a song But anyway, we wish you a merry and a blessed Christmas on behalf of everybody. Okay, we'll see you later. God bless you. you. Thank you, Laura. God bless you. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Bye-bye. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous. But most of all, uplifting so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, Become more encouraged 
to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.